Hey everybody, welcome back to the Fin Factor. I'm Paul. And I'm Aaron. This is episode number 182. Aaron, I kind of feel like Tony Stark at the beginning of Iron Man 2. Oh, it's good to be back. Buddy, what is this? Our sixth season now we're working this on? This is our sixth season now. That's crazy. Six. Yeah. That is crazy. Uh, speaking of six, uh, EK, six, five, trade to announce. I, You know, it's not quite the opening that we had when we got Eric Carlson. I think right. y'all remember that one, episode number 13. But um, yeah, yeah, I'm making it rain. Um, I, you know, honestly, there's, there's a lot of opinions on this one. You're either far to the left or far to the right. It's very political. Uh, <laughs> and if you're anywhere in between or you're on one side or the other, you, you're terrible and you're stupid. And you don't know what you're talking about. And I wish we could all just meet in the middle and just be happy. But, you know, it's the Internet. So is what it is. Um, but we do have the, uh, the graphic that was uh, placed up on, uh, I want to say Twitter, but I think it was X today. Uh, thank you. <laughs> Eric Carlson. Um, there you go. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Sir Bruce Jason, uh, putting that together for us and, and putting it up for us there. Um, I, you know, again, Aaron, um, some mixed feelings on this one for a lot of fans. A lot of fans um, really like the player. They, they, they recognize the skill. They recognize uh, the kind of the situation that he was in, right? Playing on a team that, you know, doesn't really deserve his talents. Then you've got, the, again, the other side that is just like, please get rid of this contract. Get rid of this guy. He's a glass uh, a glass cannon. He's terrible, et cetera, et cetera. Can't play defense. Where do you sit on this spectrum of Eric Carlson love-hate? I always liked him as a player and always liked him on the Sharks. I thought he uh, always, when he was on the ice, he made the Sharks a better team and a dangerous team. Didn't matter if he was playing with the fourth line, the first line, the third line, whatever. His passing ability is almost bar none to anyone else. And uh, his skating is what I really loved watching him just skating out of the zone and deking people at the blue line, dancing on the blue line. You know, there was that one time where I think he tripped and fell maybe a couple times and lost the puck and they shorthanded goal the other way. But <laughs> you take the good with the bad. And he was phenomenal to watch and uh, electric. And he made the Sharks exciting. And last season was one of the worst seasons the Sharks have had in their history. And yet I felt like I was more entertained last season than I was the last two seasons prior to that. So it, it's sad, but it's also I'm happy for him as a player and as a person because he's going to move on to a team that hopefully could win a Stanley Cup. Who knows? Um, he's always going to be chasing that for the rest of his career. And he wasn't going to get that with the Sharks. I think it's similar to Brent Burns. You know, last season when they traded Brent Burns, he wanted to go one last run at the cup, maybe not one last run for Carlson. He's a little bit younger, but um, I don't feel bad for him. I'm glad he got some say to and in, into where he's going is, but there's no movement clause. He could, he can kind of dictate where he's going in, in a sense. Um, but to me, I, I will miss Eric Carlson. Like the, I don't think the sharks will ever have a defenseman quite that dynamic on the back end offensively. And we're going to see a very different sharks team this season because Who's going to be running the power play? We'll talk about this in a little bit, but there's just nobody that's even come close to what he could do. So it's going to be a very different look and feel of this team. Mark Edward Vlasic has a lot of uh, of room <laughs> to grow, I think, yeah. if he wants to become the quarterback on the power play. Debbie saying, hey, guys, hello to everyone else, too. Uh, Patrick Abarro says he's ready for this. We're not because uh, it's been it's been a long time since draft day, uh, since we've done a show. We're going to be really rusty. I apologize for any awkwardness. Uh, <laughs> That Aaron brings, of course. I'm I know here. it's uh, true. <laughs> I was like, oh man, we haven't done a show in like uh 
over a month. It's been a while. It's been a while. It's it's yeah. been a long time. And and again, of course, we do appreciate all you guys uh, popping in. Uh, you know, even if we've we've had that long hiatus. But again, this is why I always say, guys, it's a it's, it's a good idea to subscribe to the show because we don't do every other day just whatever garbage we could throw we come on when there's something to talk about or whatever else right so even if it's a month or more than a month we're not gonna fill up your inbox with junk we'll be here when there's something uh fun and entertaining to talk about dark and donkey uh saying mike hoffman finally will get his chance with the sharks now yes if you recall hoffman was uh for an, i think an hour or two trade to the sharks uh briefly do you remember this one they, they had uh who was it teal yeah. city crew uh yeah. made a giant banner i wish we had uh had the foresight to to get a, an image of that banner but they made <laughs> a giant uh hoffman uh banner that they're gonna like hang in the rafters and apparently um hoffman saw it thought it was hilarious uh and went and talked to i think it was it's curtis from teal yeah. city crew and uh, was able to give him that banner, which is really sweet. Well, he, took a, he took a picture with him. Said, hey, you still have the banner. <laughs> yeah, he took a picture with him after the game in the stands. So Hoffman met up with him and took a picture of this giant banner and and uh, I think took it. Did he take it? Uh, yeah, he took it. He liked yeah. it. He wanted it. That's crazy. That's funny. There oh, there is. you go. Look at that. Look at Super Producer Jason. Yeah. Just, Just all over things. Hey, you know what? Well, you and I maybe uh, might might have... Uh, Falling off the map a little bit here, being a month behind uh, on the last show that we did. But Super Producer Jason is just on point at all times. Uh, thanks for that, buddy. Appreciate you. Um, let's see who else. Uh, Nick. Nick says, dream draft order for 2024. Sharks number one or number two. I'm not picky. Uh, Penguins pick number 11. Oh, that would put us, yeah, because the number 11 is a top 10 protected. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, Devils make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, so we get a third first. Yeah, absolutely. That would be amazing. It would be a perfect storm, Nick. Um, yeah, I, I would absolutely love uh, for that to be a case. Graham saying that Vlasic might actually get power play time uh, with this decor. Dear Lord. Yeah, I don't know, man. Um, I still don't see that happening, but who knows? Who, who knows? I have no clue. Uh, don't forget the potential first rounder if we trade Duclair. That I didn't know about. What's, what's he talking about there, Aaron? Go ahead. Well, if uh, Duclair gets traded at the deadline for the Sharks, um, there's potential that he could be getting a return of a first round pick. He's only signed a one-year contract for $3 million, and he uh, is a, to me, I think he's a very good player and a good goal scorer, so he could boost up a team that's in the playoffs, and that's pretty much why he signed with the Sharks in only a one-year deal, not right. multi-year deal. So, um, yes, there's a potential fourth first-round pick that could be coming. And granted, that would be a much later pick. It wouldn't be a top 10 or even a top 15 pick, so... Um, but you could always package a few of those together to a team that is in the top 10, maybe, and move up into the draft. Probably not, but uh, either way, the Sharks are looking good because they are, I'm hoping for a, yet another season to get a top five pick, which means it's going to be a very long season again <laughs> next season. Um, but to me, the potential of getting a top five pick, plus you're going to have... Um, uh, this other pick that they just got from Pittsburgh, assuming Pittsburgh is making the playoffs. So that probably be a mid to later first round. And then if New Jersey devils make it to the conference finals, the sharks have their second round pick. And if they make it to the conference finals with Meyer playing 50% of the games, uh, that bumps up to a first round pick. Now first round pick for an Eastern Conf Eastern conference finals team would be around number 28. Sure. That would be the final four that are left in the Stanley cup finals. Uh, actually, 29 yeah. through 32. Yeah. 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 I forgot there's more teams now in the <laughs> NHL. 
So <laughs> I'm used to 30, not 32. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's great. You're going to get three guys in the top 32 picks, potentially. Um, that's not bad. That's not bad. Plus, who knows? And and like you said, it could be another first-round pick coming in with uh, Duclair or maybe even someone else coming out um, of the Sharks. Patrick Cabral saying, no, please, can we move on from Pickles, too? I mean, I guess he doesn't want him on the power play. <laughs> so there you go. Um, let's see. Yeah, the deadline is going to be interesting. Absolutely. And Debbie, I wanted to bring this comment up because if you guys didn't see our last <laughs> show, uh, it was at draft day. We had Graham, who's actually in the chat right now. Everybody say hi to Graham. Um, he was there with us uh, live for what was it? Three hours, something like that. Yeah, it was, it was a long it was time. A very long show. Uh, but Debbie was there. Debbie said hi. Debbie um, got to meet Scott Hannon and Dave Boyle or Dan Boyle, sorry. And he, uh, or sorry. And Debbie was a little, what's the word, Aaron? Starstruck? Starstruck. Yeah. That it, it's Tickled. funny. It's like, I think I'll speak for Debbie here. I think it's two of her three top sharks players of all time. The last member would be <laughs> Douglas Murray crankshafts that who has been on our show before. Yeah. Um, so she got to meet two of her top three. Debbie, we'll see what we can do for you on Crankshaft, okay? Uh, Mac Daddy Makes says, this has been quite a miserable time for you to be a Sharks fan. You know what? I disagree. This is a great time to be a Sharks fan. Uh, This is one of those times where you get to see uh, the Phoenix rising from the ashes, okay? This is the year where everything has gone poorly. Everything has gone bad. But, uh, you know, we're going to start our our rebuild. We're going to start coming back, as I said, from the ashes and, and this would be a great time to be a Sharks fan, I think. Get in now so that you can't be considered a bandwagon fan, okay? Get in now while everything's bad because in a few years, things will be great again, right? So I think it's a great time to be a Sharks fan. Uh, everybody's so negative out there. I don't know why. Uh, Previn also says, by the way, Celebrini or Bust would be incredible to see a junior Shark as a franchise cornerstone. Yes, absolutely. If you don't know, uh, I forget the first name, but Celebrini uh, was a junior Shark. And so to see him come and play for the senior sharks would be uh, quite the thing. Debbie uh, correcting me, by the way, uh, the word was smitten. She was smitten. smitten. So there you go. And then Nick wants to know about Cole Eiserman. You guys can talk about that in the chat. We're going to go ahead and move on to the trade talk here. Again, uh, Eric Carlson, no longer a San Jose shark. The sharks involved in a three-way trade of sorts uh, between Pittsburgh and Montreal as well. So uh, I say a three-way trade, but I think uh, Montreal traded their guys to Pittsburgh and then Pittsburgh traded them to us. So really, it wasn't like a three-way carousel. It was really just two trades. But regardless, the three teams were involved and they needed to work together to make this work for everybody. So um, one of the biggest pieces, I guess you could say, uh, or or the piece that I think most people are going to be happy about is going to be the first round uh, pick. Now, a lot of people are upset. This is a 2024 first round pick that the Sharks received. Now, a lot of people not happy that is top 10 protected, uh, to which I say poppycock. Um, (laughs) Okay, if they're going to make the playoffs, right, it's not going to be in the top 10 anyway. If they don't make the playoffs, dude, that means we won this trade. Are you kidding me? If they (laughs) get Eric Carlson and they still don't make playoffs, how can you say that this was a bad trade for the Sharks, right? To me, that I don't get. So, yeah. I don't know. I, I I'm okay with it not being top ten protected because I don't think it's going to be in the top ten anyway, right? So if if they this is what they had to do is oh yeah top ten protected to make this go through, 
Absolutely. But a lot of people don't like that. And I understand that, oh, gosh, it'd be nice if we won the lottery with this pick. But it's just it's one of those things that I just don't think is going to happen anyway. So if they need that extra protection for whatever reason, fine, give it to them to make it go through. Um, I don't know. Did you have a problem with it being top 10 protected? And then you can go through and start talking about the rest of the trade. Uh, no, because if it's top 10 protected and let's say it is a top 10 pick and Pittsburgh says, you know, we, we want to keep it. That means it's a first round pick for next year. If it's a top 10 pick this year, I don't think Pittsburgh bounces back that quickly to make the playoffs the following season. So it could potentially be better. Um, I don't know. I, I doubt it. I think with the crew that they have, assuming that they're not, there's no injuries. And right now their core is getting a lot older. Crosby's 35, Malkin's 37. Um, their best youngest player is now on long-term IR, Jake Gen- Gensel. Gensel, I forgot Gensel. to say it. Um, he just had surgery on his ankle. That's kind of what kickstarted part of this, able to uh, afford it because they got to move him to long-term IR. Um, and then Chris Letang is the other one who's 36 and seems to get hurt all the time. So to me, uh, there is a chance that this could be a top 10 pick. Now, like the, the best case scenario would be they get 11th, right? 11th overall. Or let's say they were uh, 10th overall and then a team bumps ahead of them for the lottery and it pushes it to 11th overall. That would be best case. And of course, if it is 10th overall, the Pittsburgh Penguins could decide, you know what, the Sharks can have this because we know this is going to be so bad for uh, next season. So um, who knows? I, I I don't think it'll be this season. It'll be a top 10. So I think it'll be safe to say they'll make playoffs or at least be in the middle of the pack and maybe a bubble team and miss playoffs. I don't think they'd be that bad to where they would be a top 10. It, teams just do that because they don't want to do what the San Jose Sharks did when they originally got Carlson. <laughs> that's that's literally what, what's going on here. Like, just in case, we're just going to put this, you know, top 10 protected, just in case, or lottery protected. So you see a lottery protected sometimes. That's teams that assume they're going to make playoffs, but just in case they don't and they win the lottery, they want a lottery protected. Um, the Sharks didn't do that, and that's what happened when they gave up their third overall pick, which we'll talk about later, but Yeah. All right, so go through the rest of these guys here. Okay, obviously, Hoffman, Granlin, uh, Ruta. What what about this, uh, before we even get to the salary retention thing, um, what about those guys do you like, do you not like? Obviously, a lot of people didn't like the player, players that we were getting back. They're a little bit, maybe some of them on the older end, some of them kind of falling off in terms of skill. Uh, they don't replace Eric Carlson as if anybody could. Uh, they cost more than Eric Carlson, right? So why don't you go through? I've got my reasons why I actually kind of like this. So why don't you go through yours and uh, and we'll go we'll go from there. Granlin was a piece because of salary. That was uh, probably a must is either Granlin or Petrie. Um, Petrie ended up going to Montreal. So they had to move both of those guys. I thought they were going to buy out one of them. And I have a feeling they might have like had a buyout in place for Petrie, but maybe they found Montreal wanted him. So they, you know, they retain 25% of his salary. So it's not so bad. I'm a bigger fan of retaining salary and trading than buyouts because the buyouts last so much longer on your books and really mess with your cap years from now. I mean, the sharks have for their buyout history. Um, Martin Jones is on their books for another four seasons. Yeah. He might even be out of the NHL before that's over. Um, and Rudolph's Balsers, this is his last season of being bought out. And that was the season before last, right? Like they, the beginning of last season, they bought him out. So they're still, he's still on the books and that's granted it's 300,000. It's not, I think he much. only had one, one year left. So it counted as like a two, two. years. Uh, for the buyout. Yeah. Two. yeah. So it's like, 
it just lasts longer, you know? Like, why, why wouldn't you retain 10% of that salary and trade him for yeah. a seventh-round pick? You know, wouldn't that be better? Then he's off the books quicker. Um, so I'm more of a fan of that anyway. Um, but I, Hoffman coming at $4.5 million and Grandlin coming for $5 million, and then Ruta is coming for $2.75. That's Ruta's I'm, I'm more excited about than the other two. Um, because he's probably going to go, he's a defensive guy, defensive defenseman. Um, he's not going to be replacing Carlson, but this team is going to be a much more defensive minded team and strategy. If you will, I think we're going to see the goaltenders bounce back because the defense, they're not going to have Carlson. Who's not very good on defense on the team anymore. So it's going to be mostly defensive defensemen that are going to just, I don't know if they're going to like become a dump and chase team here, but um, we'll, it'll, it'll feel and look a lot different. And I think people will see what Carlson brought to the team in terms of skating the puck out of the zone easily. And we're not going to see a lot of that with these guys that they have now. Um, but anyway, um, Hoffman, I'm kind of, I wouldn't say I'm excited about Hoffman. I'm kind of like, okay, I understand he's coming. I'm more excited about Granlin than Hoffman. Granlin is, is, I don't know. I think he's a little bit more serviceable than, than Hoffman. Hoffman is kind of like another uh, Kevin LeBanc to me. In fact, he's $225,000 cheaper than Kevin LeBanc, which is weird to think. <laughs> um, but he's only got one more year left. So this season he's done. Who knows? Maybe he could get traded at the deadline, mm-hmm. assuming he turns his season around and, and scores a decent amount of goals. Because at that point, it's the end of his contract. Uh, it's prorated based on how many games they played. So when you get to the trade deadline, it's a lot cheaper. Um, and he could probably slot in as a, I don't know, probably a third line guy if, if all goes well for a good team. Um, whereas on the Sharks, he's probably going to get a good amount of power play time because he's a shooter. Um, and we'll see. It's kind of weird to see how the Lions are going to play out too. Granlin is is a little bit, I think, I don't know. I, I He... I don't want to say excites me more. I don't know if that's the right word, but I don't mind him as much. So, so the, and the question really is a lot of people don't like Granlin and I'm wondering if they don't like Granlin because of the cap hit or because he's fallen off the map and he's just not the player everyone thought he was going to be, or maybe a combination of the two. Um, obviously if he's fallen off the map and he's making 5 million, then it's going to be a combination of the two, right? But um, I, I just, I'm not sure what the actual reason is that people don't like like Granlin. But you know, again, um, he's a smaller guy. But these, are the, this is the kind of the thing that we've seen so far with Mike Greer. Some of these reclamation projects, right? Mm-hmm. And this is one of the reasons that I like some of these uh, these guys that are coming in. It's not the value that you're getting right now. It's the value that you might get. And David B hit it right on the head, as did you. Uh, all possible deadline moves, right? These yeah. are all guys that are have one to two years left on their contract. Um, whereas Eric Carlson had four years left, right? Again, mm-hmm. I'm with you. I hate the buyout. I think the buyout is terrible. You do a buyout for uh, you know, a guy that's got four years left. You're waiting eight years to pay off however much amount it is. Uh, and and the, the number of changes as the years go by as well. Uh, I would much rather just do salary retained. And then when that is his contract is over then that's off the books right but even better than that and i think that's why i like the trade so much is that again these guys have shorter contracts yeah that you're going to pay them more collectively than you did eric carlson but now i have three assets that cost individually a lot less and are much more manageable to move 
at the deadline. As we've seen, Eric Carlson, very difficult to move that contract. And that's a player who just won the Norris as a defenseman getting over 100 points on the blue line. That I mean, to me, if you're having a hard time moving that guy, it's not the guy, it's the contract. So to be able to take these contracts, three of them, smaller chunks, maybe more than what they're worth, yes. But again, you can just retain a little bit to make it more manageable for the team you want to trade to. And then you can get assets back. And I think that's what we're going to see with these guys. Not that they don't belong in the Sharks, not that I don't want them necessarily, but I think this is kind of the MO with Mike Greer is try to get as much asset capital as we possibly can. And I think guys like this who are maybe, again, I'm, I'm saying in quotes, reclamation projects, right? We take a look at Oscar Lindblom. That one didn't work out, but these are the types of guys that I think Greer doesn't mind having. Hey, prove yourself again, right? It gives them a reason to go out there and play. And the best part is on the Sharks, as we've said, these guys like Ruta. I've, I've heard time and time again, Ruta's a seventh defenseman. Why do we need him? He may be a seventh defenseman on your team. On this team, he's probably top four. And I yeah. guarantee you, even if he doesn't play that well, he's getting top four minutes. He's getting the opportunity every single night to show every other team in the league, you want me. You want me for your playoff run. I may be your sixth defenseman there. That's fine. But you want me. He's trying to up his own capital, right? He's trying to get his own assets uh, uh, worth more. So I think these are the types of guys that they have something to play for, and it's going to turn into a better asset for the Sharks uh, in a flip of some sort. So that's kind of how I see these. Now, the other part about this trade that I actually really like, and everybody said it couldn't happen. Everybody said they're going to have to retain half, 40%. Even Sheng Peng said, I think it was uh, just 20%, whatever else. 13% retained, only $1.5 million off an $11.5 million contract. I mean, again, could we have retained more and gotten a better return? Yeah, maybe, but they said it couldn't be done. It, it got done, okay? <laughs> so, I mean, I'm happy with that. I, I like only having a small amount on the books. Again, I don't like having a large amount for a guy that's not playing for us, whether it's a buyout or retention. $1.5 million, no big deal. As the cap goes up, that disappears. I'm not even worried about it. So um, as we go through the rest of this trade, and I'll let you talk about what Pittsburgh and Montreal got, if you'd like. Personally, I don't care. Uh, but go ahead and tell me what you think about the uh, the $1.5 million. I Personally, I love it. Yeah, I don't care. I, it's, I think that was more <laughs> important of, of freeing up the cap space than anything else. Um, the cap this year went up by $1 million, And next year, I have a feeling it's going to go a bigger chunk. I would say probably two or three million dollars at least. So I think we're going to see, you know, that's just not going to matter as much. The other thing I went through all the guys that are going to be UFAs on the Sharks and David B, his his quote or his comment right here. Look at it long term out. These guys will honestly still be a shark once the Sharks start becoming competitive again. No, because there's so many UFAs. So next season, I'll name these off. LeBanc, Hoffman, Duclair, Barabanov, Limblom. Uh, Shimmick, Jacob McDonald, Capo Kakinen, all UFAs after the season. I totaled it up 22, almost $23 million coming off the books next season. Um, if you take away J Jacob McDonald's because he screws up the averages, seven players averaging $3.175 million coming off the books. Now imagine replacing seven players for $3 million. It's You could probably get some decent guys, UFAs coming in for that much or you know you kind of balance it out and whatever um this team is going to be very very different in a season from now plus you have all the youngsters that are going to be up and coming and 
ready for full-time play. Um, so we're going to have a lot of cap space next season, probably, you know, maybe go after one or two high priced free agents and then fill in the rest with the younger guys that are ready for full-time. Um, maybe get a high end goalie next season. Who knows? Cause the sharks still quite aren't there with the goalies. Um, but yeah, it's, it's asset management. And I think Mike Greer is doing a fantastic job of it. Um, circum, not circumvent navigating, but just, you know, working with the cap, the, the hard cap is very difficult. Other sports don't have a hard cap. They'll have a luxury tax or something else so that you can work around it if you really needed to. And the more teams have a bigger budget can do that. Um, the NHL has, has a hard cap and a hard floor as well. So it kind of makes things a little more interesting and difficult as well. Um, but yeah, 1.5 million retained on on Carlson is absolutely nothing. And I think it's a, it's a fantastic job by Greer. I Obviously, I wanted more in the return, but we're not giving up as much either, at least cap space wise. So and I want to address a couple of things in the comments here. I think Previn uh, Previn's looking for a third spot here on the Fin Factor because he's he's nailing it. I think uh, <laughs> he says so. I, David's comment earlier, you said, look at the long term. Uh, who out of these guys will honestly be a star, uh, shark, still a shark once the sharks start becoming competitive again? Words elude me. I apologize. Um, so absolutely. Um, and, and as you've just said, but Previn here says none of them, the picks we get for them will though. And uh, David followed up with exactly the assets you can possibly get for them is way more valuable. Now that is exactly what I'm getting at here. Could we trade Mike Hoffman right now? for something that we would be happy getting in return. Probably not. Maybe not. Okay, great. Greenland, same thing. Could we trade for something that we'd be happy with? Eh, probably not. Maybe not. I think he's rolling the dice on these guys. I think he's saying, you know what? I'm going to give you a season, or at least up until the trade deadline, to get your stock up. If you can show everybody else that you're you're worthy to play on their playoff team, I will do everything I can to move you to that team. And then I'm going to get something back in return that's better than I could get for you right now. So, again, I think this is something that's it's a futures. It's a futures trade. He's getting players, NHL players that are right now players, but it's going to be they're going to be flipped. And what we get in return is going to be directly proportional to their season, the season that they have. If they're they have if they reclaim their careers, if you want us to put it that way, and they, they're playing well. And they their their stock goes up, then this is a win for for Mike Greer when he flips them and gets even more back in return. This is one of those things we're gonna look at the trade tree and see Eric Carlson uh, <laughs> yeah. got moved out for just the first and these assets. But then these these players turn into all these different picks and prospects or whatever else um, between you know these these three guys here. And I think it's gonna pan out a little bit better. Don't forget that first can be packaged. I think you said earlier with any of our other picks to move up a little bit and draft if need be. So um, I, again, there's a lot of assets here that I think um, are, are going to work out well for the sharks for their futures. Um, even though again, it's, it's established NHL veterans that are, that are coming back in this trade. I think again, it's the flip that we got to wait for. So uh, there's that you're laughing at me. I think uh, and McDaddy makes says sell the team, move to Vegas, like the rest of the pay. no, Absolutely not. I refuse. There's already a team there. Yeah. But yeah, they, they won a Stanley Cup recently, didn't they? Jeez. Yeah, Stanley. Uh, did they? I don't remember. I don't remember. I blocked that out of my memory. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was one other comment. 
Uh, oh, oh, you know, Grandizer, I think he's just saying, hey, lads, how are you? Hey, buddy, good to see you. Um, and then Patrick, uh, right before that, said, it's not that I don't like this trade, but Paul, are you just bouncing and being adverse to the long contract and looking for more one-year deals? Uh, for, so first of all, physically, yes, I bounce a lot in my chair. It's just what I do. I'm Italian and I use my hands when I talk. Okay, but um, am I just looking for more one-year deals? Absolutely, I'm looking for one-year deals. Why wouldn't you be? The team's not good right now. You get those one-year deals, you get your assets. Then when the team is actually looking like they might be good through development, which, by the way, Mike Greer's put a lot into development, uh, more staff and development than uh, Doug Wilson had, which I think was like none. So um, we're going to be looking at getting the guys that we're getting with these higher draft picks, getting them developed, getting them ready for the NHL, um, having them be stars in the league. And at that point, I think then we don't really need the one-year contracts that we're trying to flip. But right now, as a bad team, absolutely. You grab every one-year contract that's a guy that you could possibly flip at the deadline and you get value out of it because this season, probably going to be another one of those throwaway seasons, unfortunately. So if you can get value in any way, shape, or form from the players that you have, you do it, right? Um, so that that's kind of my take on that one, Patrick. And I'm sure you know that. You're a smart guy. So um, let's see. What else do we have in here for the, uh, the con- Any other good comments here? I said, you remember what he did last season? We took Acemont off of uh, waivers and then traded him to Tampa Bay. There you go. Everyone's got a free player and and flipped him for for a draft pick. So more of that, Mike. More of that. Debbie said, if she heard one more team congratulate the night, she was going to puke. <laughs> that was <laughs> at the at the draft day. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, and Grand I was asking, is it true that the Sharks could have three 2024 first round picks? Yes. Yes. It is absolutely yeah. true. We have ours. We would have the Penguins as long as they are uh, outside Not of the top, top 10. 10. And then if Timo Meyer plays in 50% of the New Jersey Devils playoff games within the Eastern Conference Finals or whatever if that they is. Make, they have to make the Eastern Conference Finals. Right. They have to make it, but he has to play in 50% of the games. Yeah. So if if all those things happen, then yes, we could have uh, three first round picks, which would be amazing. And again, you can always package that and um, and move move up in the draft if you wanted to. So. Yep. There you go. I prefer to call it Cuda development season. Yes, LM. Absolutely. Uh, although I think Eklund may not be starting with the Barracuda. I don't know. We'll keep an eye on that one. What do you think, Aaron? Should he start with the Barracuda or no? Depends on how his camp goes and how his shoulder is because he's still recovering. Supposedly, he's going to be back in time. Um, one thing that I want to know is, well, we're going to do a roll call later. Yeah, I'll go. I'll save it for the roll call. I just, I just want to know where everybody's uh, from. Cause I, I'm wondering if we have just all San Jose folks here and I don't think that we do. So uh, we'll save that for the roll call. Don't tell me yet. I want to be surprised. Uh, Aaron, do you care to tell everybody else about anything else that went anywhere else? <laughs> the other players, um, Carlson goes I mean, to Pittsburgh, Dylan Hamalyuk who was a second round pick by San Jose and wasn't really going anywhere with us. Uh, he moves to Pittsburgh. That one I think is just get a contract off the books, right? Exactly. I think it was just moving some contracts. Um, in, in fact, like Pittsburgh, they traded to Montreal, a guy who was a third round pick from the same draft. So they're probably just, you know, it's a wash sw- yeah. swapping out of forward for someone who was a second round instead of a third round pick, whatever. Here's um, the interesting one though. The 2026 Sharks third round pick. Yeah, because the Sharks are expecting to be better next season. So they want, well, they didn't have a third round pick this season either. That's also probably part of it. Okay, so hold on. I I, I thought I had this somewhere. They probably didn't want to trade their second round, like this season, 
this upcoming draft. They didn't want to trade their second rounds because they got two. Um, they don't have their third round, and they don't have their fourth, but they do have the Golden Knights fourth round. What's right, this? right, yeah. right. Oh. So, but instead of giving up the 2025 third, they give up the 2026. Yeah, because they're going to be more competitive in 2026 than they will be in 25. So that kind of so gives us a little bit of a timeline, doesn't it? That what what, what Greer is thinking at least. Yes, absolutely. Greer's thinking two years, we should be closer to being playoff bound. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if do you I, do you agree with that? Chat, uh, let us know. Put yeah, it in the comments. There. Do. do you agree with that? Do you think in two years, Mike Greer can turn this around and get us to the bubble, not to the cup, just to the bubble? Right. Aaron, I do. Agree. I think um, <laughs> with the the three guys that they're probably going to be drafting in the first round this season. Right. I think that's going to be that's going to be huge because there's more defensive guys, defensemen in this upcoming draft um, yeah. that are higher end rather than this last season was more scores and, and forwards. Um, but now they got Will Smith. That's kind of like their blue chip prospect. He's going to be doing amazing things for the Sharks in a few years. Not right away. Um, he'll probably be making the team at that point in two seasons, if not next season, not this upcoming one, but next year. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the potential is is starting to stack up and um, more players even come off the books at that point um, in two seasons from now. Um, and who knows where Logan Couture will be by then? I have a feeling he's going to get traded, maybe Maybe this season. I was going to say, I wouldn't be shocked. There's been some talk about Boston. Yes, because Patrice Bergeron retired for Boston, and he is a constant Selkie Trophy winning forward. Selkie Trophy meaning the best defensive forward. Um, He always wins that, and he was was by far head and shoulders above everyone in the league at that position or at that role. Mm -hmm. Couture is good at it. I would say he's probably still a top 10, maybe top 20 at the worst uh, defensive center, but he can score goals still. And playoff coacher is mm-hmm. a beast and play and teams know that like he is, he steps it up another level in the playoffs. Um, so he would be a very good fit in Boston um, to plug in. Now he wouldn't completely take over exactly what Bergeron was doing, but it would be a good transition to go from Bergeron to Couture, and I think he would help that team. Um, I think he would be open to that as well because they would be more of a playoff team, and he could win a cup with them. Um, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't put that out of the possibility of him getting traded at some point. And again, maybe some salary retention because he's got eight million dollars on the books. But yeah, Boston is looking like their window is starting to close down a little bit. So Nick is asking uh, how I'm holding up, knowing that Noah Gregor is not on the roster. <laughs> uh, I'm great. I'm having a heck of a laugh over here, Nick. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, um, I lost a bet, and uh, my punishment was Aaron bought me a Noah Gregor jersey. So um, he's not on the roster <laughs> at the moment, but I don't know. He's on any roster at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. He says he's going to wear his Gregor jersey for beer league now. Yeah, I'm going to have to find something to do with it. I don't know. It's Perfect. a nice looking jersey. What it I'll is, probably it. have to do is, let's see, no Gregor, 60, no. Well, what number was he? No, I don't even remember. Uh, Oh, man, I can't even remember. I don't even remember. I'm going to have to pop the nameplates off Gregor and put 74? 
Is he 74? 72, 4, 3? I don't know. Somebody put in the comments. I don't know his number anymore. I never did. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 73. Everybody's 73. Oh, Sam tonight. Thank you. Thank you, Super Producer Jason. Appreciate you. Sam uh, tonight. So close. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Previn thinks it's going to be hard to trade Cooch since uh, we have only one retention spot left. I don't think we're going to need to retain. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, eight million is a lot to swallow, but we'll see. Is it eight? It's eight. Oh, I thought it was seven. My bad. No. No, I know. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Pickles is seven million. Okay. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, that was the interesting thing for me that Pittsburgh got was the, the 2026 third. I just thought it was a bit of an insight into um, Mike Greer's kind of uh, thoughts on timeline, uh, whether or yeah. not you, you agree or disagree. <laughs> Noah Gregsky, number 99, beautiful LM. I love it. <laughs> um, I, I might have to do that. Actually, that's a knockoff. And then Montreal gets who cares. Uh, so anyway, yeah. the athletic graded this. And again, we said Montreal, who cares, but they got a B plus for their, they're grading by the athletic. Aaron, you read this article. I didn't bother. Frankly, I just looked at the number or the, the letter grade that you put in here in our little notes thing here. And it says Pittsburgh gets an A plus and San Jose gets a C minus. When you have a player that makes eleven and a half million dollars and you're trying to trade him in a in a cap, you know, everyone is up against the cap. It's nearly impossible. So your trading partners are severely diminished. Yes, people want Carlson, but they don't want to pay that much. Yes, the Sharks wanted to trade him, but didn't want to retain that much. That really limits what the Sharks could do. Getting a C- minus is kind of brutal. I don't really care about these grades. I think it's stupid that they even grade him. Um, it's purely for clicks because the athletic is crashing down. But wow. that's a whole other story. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Um, wow. I think... Um, I don't think it was that bad. I mean, granted, they want, you know, they want to see what a lot of other Sharks fans wanted to see was that top prospect coming back or something else. But I think what was important to Mike Greer was having the draft capital, the first round draft pick. He wants to he's he's remaking the team. He's he's doing a rebuild without calling it a rebuild. And I think I use this this analogy. It's not a dumpster fire. It's a slow burn that he's doing <laughs> in, in terms of uh, the rebuild here. So. He's slowly changing the pieces in and out of from the Doug Wilson era to the Mike Greer era. And it's funny, you know, everyone was kind of um, dumping on Doug Wilson for that contract originally when Carlson signed it with the Sharks. But at the time, COVID didn't exist when he signed it. So that wasn't a, a thing. The cap space was always going up. Had the trajected cap space happened, I think they would have been almost $10 million from where they are now. So that contract wouldn't have been as bad. It wouldn't have been so tight around the teams. It wouldn't have been as big of a deal. And there would have been more defensemen that signed their contracts after Carlson that would have been paid more than Carlson. KL McCarr is one of them. So uh, to me, I just, uh, it's it's hard. It's, it's easy to say in hindsight, yeah, it was a bad move. At the time, was it a bad move? I don't think it was that bad because Carlson was still a very good top defenseman. He won a Norris Trophy at... The oldest and was an oldest from uh Norris Trophy winning, or at least the oldest player to score over 100 points as a defenseman. Um, so does he warrant his salary if that trajectory was still there? Absolutely. That, that's why it doesn't bother me. You can't you can't put a revisionist history in place when Doug Wilson didn't know that 
you know, the cap would would flatten out for years. Yeah. Um. So it, and then to me, like the original trade was fine. It was the kickbacks for when Carlson re-signed with the Sharks, which is no longer legal in the NHL to even do. So you can't. I don't know. The only thing that bothered me is is and Ottawa wouldn't allow it is to um, lottery protect that first round draft pick, which every team does now. Had he done that, I don't think it would have been that bad. Yeah, um, absolutely. If, if he lottery protects that, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, obviously, right? So yeah. uh, then we've got. Can you imagine if you add Stutzla to the list of uh, the prospects that we're getting now? Um, that's that's a pretty dangerous young core that would be coming up. So um, I mean, as it is, I, I, I like the I like the draft picks that we've got uh, so far. Uh, in the Mike Greer era. Um, and, you know, again, Eklund, uh, Bordalo, I'm still high on those guys. I'm still very hopeful for those two. Um, I think Eklund's got a pretty good shot. But again, I think Bordalo is is um, he's one of those hard worker type guys. And I'm, I, I, again, I think he's the type that is going to work well with Mike Greer. I could be completely wrong in that. But um, I would love to see him um, make it to the show and kind of evolve just a little bit more. Um, I think he's got a lot to bring. And, you know, if he's part of that young core, I think he'd be great for the Sharks. So um, I'm looking forward to uh, to those guys kind of yep. coming up and, and really making an impact, not necessarily this coming season, but in seasons to come. Um, I, again, I think that's, as you said, it's a slow burn. So um, with these guys kind of coming in and starting to mature a little bit, hopefully in, you know, again, like you said, 2026, maybe, maybe they'll hit their stride and um, they can all sort of, kind of start gelling together as a team and, and, and coming up and uh, really solidifying this team to be back to the powerhouse that it once was. Um, and again, like I said, it's a, it's a good time to be a Sharks fan. Don't do it in two years. They're going to call you a bandwagon fan. So right. Um, there's that. Um, uh, there's Rob asked about the kickbacks. The kickbacks I'm talking about is when uh, Carlson got traded to the Sharks originally, you know, there were some assets that got moved. Uh, one of them was Josh Norris and that hurt, but the kickback is if Carlson re-signed with the Sharks because he was a he was a pending UFA after that first season when he got traded, um, that Ottawa would receive some more stuff, which was that first round pick. So a lot of fans didn't want Carlson to sign with the Sharks after he had that that season. And then um, anyway, ever since then, the NHL changed the rule that you're not allowed to do that because it's not fair. It, it puts pressure on the team to not sign a player. And then that player's not going to be, you know, that player then has to find another team and move again, like taking the personal part of getting traded, getting signed to a new team and moving to a new city. It's just not fair on the players. So I think that's why they got rid of it. It's just not, it's just not good. So anyway, that's, that's what I meant about the kickbacks. Um, you can look more into what the actual pieces were. Cause I can't remember off the top of my head. It was a while ago. So um, do you agree with the, the grading would you say that the Sharks, and we'll, we'll put this as the roll call question. We'll just put this out here right now, okay? So finally, I want to know, where are you guys watching the show from, okay? I have a feeling that some of you guys aren't from San Jose. Uh, maybe yeah, some tell us what city, yeah, what city what in city. the world you're from. Yeah, Absolutely. And then do you think Mike Greer got fleeced, or is the market uh, terrible for a high-salaried trade? What do you think on that one? So, Aaron, uh, again, I, I, I'm, I'm interested in your thoughts here. Between Pittsburgh and San Jose, the grading Pittsburgh again getting an A plus, San Jose getting a C minus, according to the Athletic. Um, do you agree with that assessment? 
I'm not going to do the grading things. I don't really care about the Okay, grading, but, but do you think um, the Pittsburgh got the better end of us? Uh, I'm going to say Pittsburgh did well for themselves. Between moving players between Montreal and San Jose to make the trade happen, I think they did a phenomenal job. I think they didn't give up as much as they could have or probably should have. I'll say that. I think the Sharks... I would have been happier in the return of the Sharks if they got one of their top prospects along with that first round pick. Or maybe that first round pick is a second round pick and a top prospect. I would have been happy with that. Um, but maybe something similar to what New Jersey with the Meyer trade where it's a second round pick. But if they make it to the conference finals, they would get a first round pick. That would have been cool. Plus a prospect. Um, anyway, I... I don't think San Jose did that poorly. It's just they retained less salary. I'm sure if they retained more salary, they would have gotten a bigger return. And people like in that article, they're trying to go, oh, well, they, you know, people retained X amount of dollars. It turns into this and the Sharks retained, you know, too much money or, or did something and didn't get as big of a return or whatever. They're trying to mathematically make it look like the Sharks just got fleeced. And sure. For four years, though, they're out of that contract other than the million and a half that they have to pay. So I, I don't think it's that bad. And I think in in, you know, a couple years down the road, we're going to have to look back and see if it was a bad trade. But I don't right now. I think it was just cap space wise. I think it's great. And it's entering definitely into a new era of San Jose Sharks hockey. Uh, Malachi Nunez, I'm going to say it's Nunez. Um says from San Jose. Awesome. Uh, he says, I think Greer won because he shed an albatross contract. <laughs> Honestly, I'm with Aaron on this one. I think that Carlson is worth every dime of that contract. I really do. And I know that it's hard to say that because um, the years prior that he played in San Jose, he was always injured and everything else. But gosh, look at what happens when he's not injured. And not only was he just not injured, he played all 82. Okay, He went the entire season. So it shows me that the guy can stay healthy. Uh, he just needs to be healthy in the first place. Every time he tried playing the seasons before when he got hurt, um, he, he kept coming back before he was ready. Or he'd start the season, wasn't quite ready to go. And then he'd get himself hurt again. And I, I just think that, you know, you give him, let him go back to Sweden. <laughs> Apparently that works. So, um, you know, if he starts off healthy and he's in a good mental space and everything else, the guy can play the game. He just scored 100 mm -hmm. points. And the best part about this is if you held on to him and he did it again, okay, let's say the Sharks kept him, he scored another 100 points, he won the Norris again, we'd be having the same exact discussion about how he's 34 years old and he's only getting older. Name me one player that gets younger, please. There's no Benjamin Buttons in the league, guys. No. Everybody gets older. So, I, I mean, I don't know. I just, if he's getting 100 points at this age and he gets anywhere near that in this coming season, I'm tired of people tan, or saying that, oh, you know, he's not going to do well just because he's old. I'm sorry. You have to look at the guy's body of work. You have to look at the actual play. You can't just look at the, the number that is his age and say, oh, he's going to be worse. It, it, obviously, that wasn't the case this season. It was past season, right? Um, you take a look at the way a guy like Brent Burns takes care of himself. There's a reason Joe Thornton played for as long as he did. There's a reason Patrick Marlowe played for as long as he did. And they were competitive. You can make the argument that they weren't first-line guys anymore at the end of their career. But, yeah, um, I, I think there were still NHLers and very productive at least. So, um, I don't know. I have a hard time with 
oh, he's a year older. That must mean, you know, he's not going to be worth it in, in the long run. I, I'm just not buying that. So I don't know. I, I, I don't think it's an albatross of a, I mean, it is. It's a humongous contract. Don't get me wrong. It's a massive contract. But is he worth that amount? Personally, I, I think he is. Uh, you're, ne- you're not going to find a guy who can skate across the blue line like him. Um, he, he, he walks the puck across the blue line, and it's incredible. Uh, how much respect the other team gives him when they really shouldn't. They should be trying to drill the guy. But he's just so fluid with his skating. His passing ability is off the charts. Yes, he's a little bit off on the, the defensive side, and he, as a defenseman, that's pretty bad. But you pair him with somebody who can – who can uh, kind of balance that out, right? So um, I don't know. I, I think he's worth every cent of that contract personally. But again, this is, I, I think for me, a win for both sides. And I love it this way because uh, the Sharks, they said we don't want to retain a lot and they didn't have to. Um, the Penguins get the the blue liner that they are looking for, right? And they paid probably the amount that he's actually worth in most people's eyes, the 10 million or whatever. That's fine. Um, they didn't have to give up too much in terms of prospects because they really didn't have many, it sounds like. Um, and, the, you know, the Sharks get some guys that they can flip for assets. They didn't get the assets, but they got guys that they can turn into assets. So I think it was a win for everybody. I'm pretty happy with the trade, to be honest with you. Um, it's it's one of those things where you have to look back, um, you know, months from now, a year from now, and really see like, oh, okay, I see how it all panned out. This made a little bit more sense. Um, that's kind of how I see it. I, I like the trade. Um, I'm happy for what both teams got, and I think it's going to benefit both teams. And ultimately, that is the goal of of making any of these trades. It's not just to get one over on the other guy. It's to try to get something that's mutually beneficial uh, for, for both teams. And I think they accomplished that. Aaron, as I was ranting, did you see any comments in the, that you wanted to call out specifically? Uh, sure. I always like highlighting Bellarmine guys. So Sean Savage watching from Chandler, Arizona. Go Bells, 2001 alum. There you go. Go Bells. Um, now it's just everyone kind of doing the roll call and and giving. I mean, no surprise here. They're giving Sharks a better grade, right? Than right. what the Athletic did. Um, yeah. I I'll just go over this real quick too. Eric Carlson's stats. Yeah. With the San Jose Sharks specifically, 293 games. 52 goals and 191 assists for 243 points. That averages to 0.829 points per game and uh, 78 power play points. And in the 19 playoff games that he played, he had 16 points, which is very similar to his his point per game. His 0.842 is slightly better, but um, the guy was was unreal. I mean, this last season obviously helped propel him to get back up to that that point per game or over a point per game for that season, but. Um, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be weird not having Eric Carlson now. I mean, he wasn't here that long, and he was hurt a lot, but he really changed the team and defined him. And it's funny, like people are kind of some people. You know, I'm the Sharks guy, so people text me all the time and ask me what I thought about it. Um, he, uh, we knew this trade was coming. It wasn't a shock. It wasn't out of nowhere. It wasn't out of left field. Um, it's been talked about all summer. I think if you look at all the marketing stuff, the sharks have put out in the last month, Carlson's not on any of it. If Carlson was staying for next season, you bet he would be front and center on there, especially with that big giant contract to hit. So um, it's telling when your marketing office knows before anyone else does, who's going to be traded or not. Um, so that was part of it. And then the way Pittsburgh and Dubis has been really on for Carlson for years, not just with, 
now the Penguins, but he was in Toronto and was trying to go for him then. Um, the way the moves that they were making, where they were, you know, they had a buyout potential, which I thought they were going to buy somebody out, and they didn't. Um, the window was open this weekend, and they were moving some pieces and getting things done. So, in as soon as um, as Gensel went uh, had a surgery this week, and that put six million dollars on long term IR, that also kind of kicked it off. So again, it wasn't like a big surprise. There was a lot of whispers. Elliot Freeman had reported on it, which I trust highly. So um, it, it, it we knew it was coming. We just didn't know what was coming back to the Sharks. Um, it's still kind of weird, and it still kind of sucks that the era's over, but good for him to move on and, and try and win a cup and, and go on to another team. So um, yeah, I'm I'm excited for that to be finally done and we don't have to constantly talk about it similar to the evander kane situation when that was panning out a couple years ago and it was like oh i'm so sick of talking about this at least it got done before the season started and didn't drag into the season that would have been much much worse and huge distraction i think on the entire team so good for carlson to uh get situated in pittsburgh before training camp because when he came into san jose that was like what the week of training camp i think he got traded or even into training camp. So he was not really firing on all cylinders and, and ready to go. Um, anyway. We just stunk. <laughs> I'm trying to remember now. And, and if you could jog my memory, please do. Um, Sheng Peng from San Jose Hockey Now. Uh, if, if you uh, are have given up hope on the athletic, please check out uh, San Jose Hockey Now. Uh, Sheng is awesome at what he does. Um but he had a mock trade that had the Sharks getting, oh gosh, Ty Smith. Nick, HBK, you know the guys I'm talking about. It was Ty Smith and another pro, uh, prospect, basically two AHL players because they, they've spent most of their time in the AHL. Um, and then a second, and the Sharks were retaining like 40% of Carlson's salary. Okay, that was the mock trade. Wow. That was the mock trade. And, and then he had scouts or executives saying, oh, that sounds about right. Between that and what happened, I would say what, what the, the reality of it was, the, the, the trade that actually happened, far better. That I, I would rather have three guys with bloated contracts that are reclamation projects that we can possibly trade sure. than two AHL players that – Yeah. Why? short contracts short contracts absolutely contract. you're right you're right yeah. um so even if they don't if they don't pan out they're gone after a year done yeah and getting a first instead of a second and retaining 15 percent instead of the 40 percent. right i think if if you look at it that way that some executives or whoever he was talking to was saying that seems fair uh that sounds about right you you compare that to to the reality I mean, what happened? Mike Greer blew the other trade, the mock trade, out of the water. I think that's safe to say. Yeah? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So, I, again, I, people can, can look at it and go, oh, I'm not happy with it. But, you know, when you look around the league and what other people are saying, there you go. N- thank you. Ty Smith and uh, Poulin. Samuel Sam, Poulin. Sam Poulin. I don't know. Um, but I looked at both of those guys, and they were both basically AHL players. Um, so, I, I think the Sharks, again – did they do amazing? No, they didn't get like a prospect. That's the one thing I wanted out of this thing. I wanted a good prospect, but apparently uh, Pittsburgh just didn't have any. So, uh, or the one that they did have, they, they weren't going to give up anyway. So um, I think they did the best that they could with it. And I, I'm looking forward to what Mike Greer does with these guys 
um, going on. Uh, Grandizer is asking, who is the writer? Oh, Shang, S-H-E-N-G, Peng, P-E-N-G, Shang Peng. Yes. Uh, it's San Jose Hockey Now is the name of the website. There you and go. Never- Super producer Jason's on top go. of things. Yeah. Thank you, sir. I think they have a few other writers that contribute every now. It's not just Shang, but um, yeah, it's so, good stuff. It's good analytical stuff in the season. Right now, it's just a bunch of cannon fodder because they need to have content constantly, which I get it's not knocking them on that. And Malachi just typed it out for you in, in case uh, you, you couldn't hear us there. Shang mm-hmm. there you go. Okay. Um, so, Aaron, you just went over Eric Carlson's stats with the Sharks. Um, I think it was Debbie. Is it Debbie that brought it up? Said he basically missed. Yeah, he missed about a season during his tenure uh, and yeah. still had those numbers. Don't forget, it's not like uh, he just had a season off. We're talking about he was injured, played through some of it, got to the point where he was out of the lineup, then tried to get back in. Right. So it wasn't just like, oh, he had a, a season off and he came back and got those. No, he was trying to, he was getting those numbers with nagging injuries that he was trying to play through or come back from. Um, to me, those numbers are nuts uh, when all things considered. So um, again, as Aaron said, it's going to be weird seeing the Sharks without Eric Carlson. Again, he wasn't here for that long, but the impact that he had, um, you know, by the numbers, you could say, um, I, I think obviously the Sharks are going to miss that. And frankly, I, I just never got old watching him skate the puck through the neutral zone and just wide legged, just coming across the blue line. Like I own this, this is mine, whether you like it or not. Um, his passing insane, absolutely going to miss the guy. Um, and I think that this question doesn't necessarily need to be answered, but I do want you guys to comment uh, and let us know what you think, uh, because there's, um, there's a caveat here. So will Eric Carlson help or hurt the penguins? Now, Aaron, the reason we're asking this question is because Eric Carlson played alongside another phenomenal offensive defenseman in Brent Burns. And Mm -hmm. it just didn't seem to work out. So the question really for you guys um, is Eric Carlson going to be able to work well um, sharing the limelight, if you will, with Chris Letang, Aaron, your thoughts on that before we get to some of the comments and give them an opportunity to type it in. I mean, it'd be one thing if either Latang or Carlson were opposite hand, but they're both right-handed shots, which they're hard to come by in the same NHL. as Burns. What? Same as Burns. Exactly. So two right-handed shots. So someone's going to have to play on their offside. Um, my guess would be Carlson playing on his offside and, and feeding Latang the puck. But, uh, We've seen this experiment before, obviously with Burns and not with Latang. So it's interesting to see if that's going to happen or not. Both Latang and Carlson t- to get injured. Carlson did play all 82 games last season. It's the first time in a long time. But um, who knows? Now let, let's think about it this way: if going back in a couple of years and looking back on this trade, if Carlson gets hurt and only plays half a season every year, was it worth? Was did Sharks win the trade all of a sudden? because they got out from under that huge contract from an injured player, a constantly injured player. So um, it could go both ways. I think it's still, uh, it'll obviously be up in the air for a number of years, but yeah, I don't, I don't know how that's going to work out with Carlson and Latang's. One of them's going to, it's going to be just like him. They tried blah, when they tried to play Burns and Carlson together. It didn't work um, because they're 
both kind of offensive minded defensemen. So that means someone's going to get second pairing minutes. Who's going to be Latang or Carlson. They're both used to having huge minutes every night. So um, I don't think obviously Carlson is not going to get to a hundred points again, like he did last season. Um, they'll probably split up Latang and Carlson from dark and donkey. Um, I, uh, yeah, but who's going to be on the second pairing, right? Buddy. You put- Buddy. You can't say obviously. You may say, I don't think he'll get to 100. You can't say obviously. Do you know why you can't say obviously? The only reason I'm saying obviously is because he's not the guy in Pittsburgh. Buddy, buddy, you're killing me. He's playing with Crosby and Malkin. An older Crosby and Malkin. Not he's 10 playing years with ago, much better talent than the Sharks ever gave him to play with. Uh, I know. But they also get injured. Malkin, at least. Crosby, not so much lately, but I don't know. I'm not saying he's a lock for a hundred. I'm just saying there's, there's for me, it ain't obvious. There's just, there's only so many points to go around and minutes to go around. That's why I think, I don't think he would get to a hundred. I think he can get to 70 and 80, but I don't think a hundred, which is still 70 days. Phenomenal. That's still top 10 in this league right chat, now. Defense make your predictions, chat, make your predictions. How many points <laughs> is he going to get? How many points does a healthy Carlson get? I'll say it like that. <laughs> it really does depend on the health of the rest of the team. Absolutely. But um, <laughs> I, honestly, he has the potential playing there to go higher. I think. Will he? I don't know. But I think he's got better players around him. David B said, I heard they will lower Latang's playing time, which the Penguins had discussed with him prior to the trade. Now, remember, Latang. He had a stroke. Is that what it was? Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah, he missed some time. I, I want to say it was a stroke. Um, they caught it early, so nothing happened. But And he's had history of it before. So this could be, uh, let's lower his his time so he's not, you know, he's a lot more fresher when it gets towards the end mm-hmm. of the season and playoffs. Um, and maybe Carlson's more of the guy now more than Latang. Latang is older. He's 36 versus Carlson at 33. Um, but yeah, I mean, people in the comments can remind me about Latang. He had some kind of health problem. I think it was a stroke. Patrick Cabral um, says, uh, that he will not help the Penguins. He says he likes, be, uh, he likes being the one guy that everyone goes through to drive the offense offense. He will be a drag and hurt the flightless birds. <laughs> <laughs> That's a nice way to call it, Penguins. The Pittsburgh ostriches, apparently. <laughs> there you go. Um, <laughs> uh, I think. There will be a dip 70 to 80 points. David says 70 to 80 points, which is still a point per game. I mean, for a guy who's over the hill or whatever, needs a cane out there on the ice. I think 70, 80 points ain't bad at all. Now you're paying 10 million for that. Fair enough. But uh, I think he has, again, much better talent around him. Um, So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. I don't know. I think I think. I don't know if he'll get to 100. I think that might have been lightning in a bottle. Him trying to shut like get me moved. Right. That was, uh, but I think I, I think just by virtue of him playing with far better talent who can finish. Right. How many times have we seen him rip a pass and it explodes off a stick or the, the you know, he passes it to, I don't know, Noah Gregor, who has a, a breakaway and then he shoots it and hits the glass. Crosby ain't hitting the glass, bro. He's hitting the net. So I'm pretty sure he's picking up a lot more assists uh, with this team, with the Penguins, the flightless birds, the ostriches than <laughs> with the San Jose Sharks. That's sure. uh that's my healthy, a healthy Carlson will. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I was right. Letang had two strokes, and one was in 2014. Oh, man. But he had one last season as well. Obviously, we wish him the best. Uh, never like seeing somebody uh, kind of go down uh, from something like that. So, yeah, um, playing injury, okay. basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, yeah. Let's uh, let's get through here. The, the rest of this. Uh, Sharks now have two first round picks in the 2024 draft. We talked about that a little bit. Um, potentially having uh, three, as we've said, you know, it depends on how uh, New Jersey situation plays out. If that's the case, uh, yeah, it would be amazing to get three first round draft picks um in this in this upcoming draft i don't know if there's anything else you wanted to say about uh about that necessarily we kind of already covered that so. yeah we already talked about it all right good yeah. and then you talked about the ufas coming off the books again uh and at uh, 22 23 million dollars <laughs> coming <laughs> off the books uh and, and next season so um you know i think that bodes well for bringing in again some more uh pretty decent talent it's interesting that the sharks went after tarasenko um you know, again, one of those things where maybe it's, hey, just come play for us uh, until the deadline. We'll flip you to a team that you, that you want to go to, you know, uh, what simple as that. Doing. Yeah. Um, so it'd be interesting to see uh, kind of what happens with uh, the UFAs coming off the books next season. We're looking forward to next season, right? It's crazy. Yeah. Right. Um, so I guess the only other thing to talk about is kind of just, uh, oh, oh, the garage sale that, that we're planning. You want to talk to them about the garage? I'm not really sure uh, what we're doing about this one here. Um, not sure either. Super Deuce Jason's going to help lead the way here, but, uh, we're going to be doing uh, an item of the month or a sale from our store. We'll call it a garage sale. We want to clear out a lot of things out of our inventory. So we'll be slashing some prices and hopefully get some purchases here of some of our swag. And you can go to our store at thefinfactor.com and check out what we have. We have sweatshirts we have we have polos a lot of people ask for polos uh we have hats we have water bottles we have uh fanny packs i believe we have oh yeah fanny packs whatever um bunch of other stuff so you can go check it out on the finfactor.com and uh i think you click on shop in the corner you know aaron that sounds like a really great way to support the show other ways to support the show would be through a uh, super chat function. If you guys would like to do that, anything you put in there, as far as a comment goes, we can po- go ahead and say it uh, live on the air now, if you'd like, or we can uh, save that until uh, the next show, if possible and address it. Then uh, you can also use Venmo. If you don't want to use uh, the super chat function, uh, it's at the fin factor. And you can, again, put a, uh, a comment there and we'll go ahead and read that off the next opportunity that we get. So, oh, car magnets, Debbie wants to know. Do we have car magnets? I don't think we do. No, but uh, that would be something that I would like to add. Is that, you I know what? Pop it on my car Debbie, too. here's what you can do. You can get uh, get a normal magnet, and then you can get our sticker. <laughs> That's true. And yeah. put the sticker on the magnet, and it, it's, it's a lot of work. Paul's glasses, no. I need these, believe it or not. How about your uh, shoes, Paul? What's that? How about your shoes? The shoes? Dad's shoes? No. Yeah. Not happening. Oh, it'd be cool. We can maybe get uh, get Eklund to sign something, and we could do a little giveaway or something like that. That'd be fun. Yeah, we're gonna be uh, we're gonna look to work a lot with the Sharks this season and do some more stuff. Maybe some more shows from the arena. Um, There was a question a lot earlier about our set that's gonna be hopefully designed and done by the start of the season. Um, It would be great because I'm in my garage and it's very hot right now. And I'm (laughs) I'm like kind of red and sweating because it is so hot in here. Um, So, yeah, we got some some big things coming up for this season. Um, The Sharks reached out and would like to work with us on some stuff, too. So um, we had a really cool time at the uh, the draft party 
that they hosted and they were very gracious to us and, and helped us out over there. So we're going to be doing a lot more stuff and partnerships with that. Um, Doug Bentz, who is on the show is the marketing director, uh, sorry, chief marketing officer, the CMO of the sharks. Now his title changed, but, um, mm-hmm. We're going to do something with him hopefully soon. And he's going to show off. There is this is the for those who didn't watch the show. This season will have the most ever giveaways at games. And you can pick and choose your games for a let's say a 10 game package. And you can pick all 10 of those would be the giveaway games. So you can choose. There's a lot more freedom to do that stuff. And they're trying to get fans in and show that, yes, the product on the ice this season might not be great, but you're going to have fun at the games which we always do when we go there. It's amazing how much flexibility you get when the team is horrible. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, again, we're looking forward to uh, having some uh, some players maybe uh, on the show or something. It'd, it'd be nice. Again, uh, if they're that bad, perhaps they'll let a little show like us in and uh, we'll get to talk to some of those guys. I do want to address a couple things before we do get our last little thing here. Uh, it, it goes back to Patrick Cabral just, just before 10 o'clock, Super Jason. It says, on a tangent, why are we digging on The Athletic? Did I miss something? Yeah. Um, so The Athletic was before um, oh, Corey Massasak. Before Corey, it was Kevin Kurz. We liked Kevin Kurz. A lot of people didn't. But Kevin Kurz gave you the honest truth. And it's kind of what you want to hear. You don't want to hear, um, you know – I'm very optimistic, but if I was writing for the athletic, I think I would want it to be a little bit more like what Kevin was doing. Um, kind of just, you know, hitting you in the face with the facts. Sorry if you don't like it. Um, and, and Corey was very good with, uh, the numbers and the stats and he laid things. They put a lot of hard work in all of his articles and we really liked the guy. And, um, they obviously had sent Kurz, uh, to the Islanders and Corey stepped in for like a year and then Corey was gone. Um, and I don't know that anyone's even covering the sharks anymore. So he was there for um, two years. Two was that? Seasons. He, Corey was there for two seasons. Oh, two seasons. My bad. Okay. They, they um, the athletic, I, I don't want to dump on them too much, but the athletic went through years ago when they first started and started poaching all of the beat writers from all of the newspapers throughout the entire country, built up a whole writing staff, spent a ton of money, got a bunch of subscriptions, but their model wasn't quite sufficient. And, now they are starting to lay off all these people. But in the meantime, they devastated all the newsrooms of the local newspapers. So there's a lot. There's not a lot of beat writers left anymore. Um, so to that point, they laid off Corey Massasak. And right now, all the Sharks coverage is basically fluff articles of top five this, top five that, why your team is terrible, why your team is great, what to look forward to. And it's just... It's generic. It's nothing great. It's nothing specific. There's no beat writer for the, specifically for the Sharks. So the articles are just absolutely lacking. And and to me, it's not worth the membership. So um, you could, I mean, if you read it for other stuff other than Sharks, sure. But uh, right now for San Jose, they don't have a beat writer and it's just not fun. So if you're looking for um, Sharks talk and Sharks news and stuff, obviously us uh, <laughs> would be a good choice. Uh, but, you know, for articles and whatnot, again, we highly recommend uh, San Jose Hockey Now with Shang Pang. So uh, there is that. Now, the only other thing I wanted to address uh, was Grandizer. He asked, I think, maybe twice, maybe three times throughout the show, um, right around 10 o'clock as well there. Super just Jason says, do you think Greer is finished till the season begins or does he have one more move up his sleeve? Your predictions, Paul and Aaron. I wanted to address it only because I saw him type this a couple times and I felt bad because uh, we didn't get to it. So uh, do you think he's done right now? It, just briefly, do you think he's done or do you think he's got something else before the start of the season? 
I'm going to say he's done only because the season is coming up soon, or at least training camp is going to be starting soon. So I think right now, unless some team really wanted somebody else, um, I just have a feeling the Sharks are going to be quiet. Maybe some smaller stuff, but nothing big. Nothing like Couture or Hurdle or somebody big getting moved. I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, I, I I feel like he's done, but you, you just never know. This could be the floodgates. This could be like the straw that broke the camel's back kind of thing with the rest of the trades that he wants to do. You know, maybe Couture's out um, next. I think that'd be great for Couture going somewhere, anywhere else. I mean, if anybody knows firsthand about um, you know awesome players and teammates uh, <laughs> not going and winning a cup, it's it's absolutely Couture. You know, he's played with with Jumbo, he played with Patty. Um, Vlasic is not going to win a cup here in San Jose. He doesn't want to get moved. Uh, Carlson moved for that reason, right? So I think um, it would be great for him to uh, um, to get that opportunity somewhere else. And he says, really? "Yeah, I asked yes twice. Love your insight. Thank you so much, <laughs> Grandizer. Appreciate your question. It helps. It helps the show. Honestly, it helps gives us things to talk about, and it's something that you guys want to know about. And uh, obviously, you guys are interested. Patrick says he's canceling his subscription." Uh, I think many people are, if you're talking about uh, the athletic, if you're canceling right. your uh, subscription. Okay. Uh, Aaron, last thing here. Uh, this is just, uh, you, guys, you guys heard of blue sky, Aaron. Yeah, You've heard, you want to tell them about blue sky. Yeah. Blue sky is uh kind of a newer Twitter. It was created by Jack Dorsey years ago, who was the creator and founder of Twitter originally. Um, so he started this kind of as a, a side project out of Twitter and now it's becoming, it's kind of still in beta testing. So it's invite only, you get codes and there's only roughly 300,000 people. So if you're a big Twitter fan and have been on Twitter a long time, like me, I think I started in 2009. Um, it feels like 2009 Twitter from a long time ago because there's, it's very basic. There's not a lot of stuff on there but it's growing and the sports side of it is starting to grow now that there's more people joining. Um, I started, it's weird because the hashtag, there's no hashtags. So you can create queries. Like I created one for anything that says San Jose sharks or SJ sharks or whatever. Um, so you can still follow hockey and, and stuff on there. Um, but the point of it is in the way that's building is that you create Let's say you create your Twitter, right? You have a Twitter account, you have an Instagram account, you have a, I don't know, TikTok account. None of those interact with one another in terms of followers. So you try and get those followers to follow you here and follow you there. Blue Sky sets it up so that you could take your followers with you wherever you go. It doesn't even have to be part of the Blue Sky family or anything. So that's kind of the future of social media that's going to be coming. I'm talking about the next decade or so, but if you want to get in on early, Right now, we have a handful of uh, maybe a couple of invite codes. So if you're interested, you can email us at thefinfactor at gmail.com and uh, we'll email you back a code. And if we do get a huge list of people that want it, then we'll have to go onto like a wait list or something. Um, we get a new code every two weeks. So right now, they've kind of stockpiled, and I think we have three under the Fin Factor. But it's um, another, I know, another social media site. Threads was not really quite it. I don't know if you joined Threads. That's the new Instagram meta one that they started that's supposed to rival Twitter. I just don't like it. Uh, you keep referencing this thing, Twitter. I don't know what that is. I know, I, know I use X. X. I don't know. I don't know what Twitter is. Ugh. In fact, if you take a look up in the corner over there, you'll know that uh, it says X. I don't know what, what Twitter. 
And oh, the new logos up there. I didn't even notice that. Yeah, he, he did it mid-show. <laughs> <laughs> guys, thank you so much for tuning in, man. We really appreciate uh, you guys uh, jumping in here. We had like 50-something people at one point um, yeah. watching uh, at the same time. That's that's awesome, man. And for us to be able to take uh, what was like a month plus off, and then you know we come back on, and we got a lot of people engaging. Thank you guys so much for that. really do appreciate it. Um, can't thank you enough. And, and again... Um, all the comments and whatnot, it really does help the show uh, move along because, you know, we get to hear the things that you're interested in and, and, and chat about that. And we're looking forward to doing that for the rest of the season. Obviously, uh, right now, we're probably in a bit of a hiatus unless some other news happens. Uh, we'll probably cover a little bit of the training camp stuff. But uh, like I said, we, we don't want to just fill you up with a bunch of random junk. So, again, a good reason to subscribe to us because uh, when, when you see something in your inbox, it's actually us doing something worthwhile, like having a live show, for instance. So if you're not subscribed, please do hit that button. If you do, there's a notification bell right next to it. Tap that. You'll get the notifications knowing when we're going live because uh, that's generally how we do our thing. So there you go. Um, Aaron, any last second things? No, that's about it. No things from Aaron, people. Last thing from me. You know what it is. For Super Producer Jason, I'm Paul. I'm Aaron. We will see you guys sometime soon. (laughs) Sometime. Probably before uh, the start of the season. When will then be now? Soon. (laughs) Get on with it! (laughs) Alright, we'll see you later, guys. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. If you like this episode, check out our other content, especially interviews. You can interact with us directly through social media at The Fin Factor and on Instagram at Fin Factor. And don't forget to join our live streams on YouTube. Visit our website at thefinfactor.com where you'll find all of our episodes as videos or podcasts. You'll also find our exclusive merchandise to help support our show.